welcome to the Pragmatic Product Chat series, where we tackle the biggest challenges facing today's product management, product marketing, and other market and data-driven professionals with some of the best minds in the industry. I am Rebecca Calajaris, Vice President of Marketing and Product Strategy at Pragmatic Institute, and your host for this episode. Today, we are joined by one of my favorite guests, Mark Stiving. Mark Stiving is the founder and chief pricing officer of Impact Pricing. He is a pragmatic instructor. He developed our price course. He is an all-around great price nerd and one of my favorite people to talk about pricing with. So welcome, Mark. Thank you, Rebecca. And when you were talking about the uh, greatest minds, I was actually thinking about you this time. I was like, wow, oh. one of the greatest minds. Wow, that's, yeah, he must want something. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody is kissing up for something. All right. So this is our fourth and final installment in our price chat, really, right? We've done four of these because pricing is the box of the month. Uh, I'm fairly certain you would say it should always be the box of the month, but it is in fact this month. And so we've talked about all kinds of price things that have been in the news, right? We talked about the great dollar store now the $1.25 store. We talked about Netflix pricing and my, I shared that I have way too many streaming services, right? We talked about the housing market and you helped me understand how the housing market and the pricing there really can reflect how it works in other places and things we could learn from that. Uh, and so today I thought, you know what, Mark, we're getting ready for summer. People are feeling like they can get out after COVID. So perhaps we should talk about the happiest place on earth and some of their pricing strategies as of late. People are coming to my house? <laughs> this is where you realize that Mark doesn't have kids and is like happiest place on earth, where if you have kids, you know that that means Disney World, right? <laughs> Walt Disney oh, World. got it. Yeah. <laughs> and Disney World, as a side note here, is also one of my very favorite pricing lessons that I learned from you was the Disneyland, Disney World story uh, and the importance of really owning your whole ecosystem. But that is not what we're going to talk about today, is it, Mark? Although it might, because it's a really good story. And now everyone's like, I wonder what it is. What's that story? What's that story? Tell us. Tell us, Rebecca. Maybe. Maybe <laughs> we'll do it at the end as a bonus. <laughs> Keep you all listening and guessing. It's not worth you... the tease. I'm just going to tell you. <laughs> I disagree. Now I'm going to have to tell the story because it's a great. You know what? I'm going to tell the story, Mark. And you're, I'm going to tell the story and you're going to correct me afterwards and be like, that's not the way it goes. And everyone here will get to listen. So one of the things that Mark talks about, again, it's pricing. And we talk about it. We learn lessons from Walt Disney. And so when Walt Disney built Disneyland, he bought 510 acres in California. Uh, and he built an amazing uh, theme park and amusement park. And around that, grew up a whole city, right? Anaheim. There are thousands of restaurants, hundreds of hotels, all of those sort of drafting off the great environment and the great theme park that Walt Disney created. So when Walt Disney created Disney World, he learned from this and he bought 25,000 acres and he built his own hotels and he built his own restaurants. Uh, and he could do this partly because of sort of the trust and credibility he had with this market. But by building them himself, he kind of controlled the whole ecosystem. And when you think then about the profitability of every visitor who comes to the park in Disney World, where they own that whole ecosystem versus Disneyland, where that sort of vacation dollars are shared, you can see why it's so important. Wow. How you either have a fabulous memory or you've heard that story 10,000 times. <laughs> Can we go with yes? 
No, I, I do really like that story. And I, I, I use that also as an example of why we continue to expand our offerings, right? Why it's so important for us. But yes, I do love that story. Now you even got the, the, uh, the acreages right of the parks. That's really impressive. Nice. All right. So Walt Disney World, we talked about Disney Plus a little bit and they're, and they're raising prices. Uh, lowering prices actually they were lowering prices to see if that brought in new watchers which is interesting because they're they're lowering prices and today what we're going to talk about is some areas where they've drastically increased prices and in particular this new i don't know what do they call this the star wars galactic star cruiser <laughs> right which is a hotel right in florida yeah. like an immersive hotel experience and the room is something that's like $5,900 a night for three adults and a kid? Yeah, it was uh, $1,200 a night, but it was uh, $6,000 for two nights, I think. Is, is that what it was? Yeah, yeah $6,000 for math, two nights. That's <laughs> $1,200 a night, $6,000 for two nights. That's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> probably purpose. Whatever it is, it's really expensive. Yeah. Six, basically $6,000 for two nights stay and includes some food, but not all. Uh, and they have lots of add-ons throughout. And there are also options that get up to $20,000, depending on the room, room that it has. So. And to be fair, it, it isn't a room. It's an immersive experience, right? So it's like, I, I've, I, you probably have. I've never been to one of those dinner theaters where you get to you know, pretend like who murdered, find out who murdered somebody. And so it's an immersive experience like that. Have you ever done that, by the way? Of course I have. Yes, you know me well, Mark. <laughs> I don't have any friends, so, so no one's ever invited me. <laughs> well, next time you're in town, that's what we'll do. No, but yes, yes. So, okay. and you're right, that is more than the cost of just a dinner. And, and it's two days being part of a story that's based on Star Wars, which is pretty cool. Well, and it's a story that has a known passionate fan base. Right. It's not a net news story that like maybe you'll like it. It's it's immersive. But it is when you kind of think of Disney World as that option for everybody. Everybody loves Disney movies and you see it, but this is very much an elitist piece. Yeah. And how does that so, play? So let's call it a very unique experience. Okay. If that would be fair, right? And and so when I was thinking about this, yeah, it's ridiculously expensive. Right. But but uh, I had to read a lot of those articles to figure this out they only have a hundred rooms. Mm. It isn't like this is a massive, huge hotel that we're going to go sell to, you know, thousands and thousands of people. And they said that if they could completely sell out those hotels, it would still be 0.1% of Disney's revenue. Oh. So it's minuscule. Oh, that's, that's, a, that's a really interesting perspective, Mark. This is not Disney saying to access everything, right? They access the big pictures and this thing, we're raising it for everybody. It's just saying here is a very small exclusive option for those who would want. <laughs> and so when I thought about this, the first thing that jumped to my mind is I could spend $450,000 to get on Virgin Galactic spaceship and go to space. Mm. It's an immersive, unique experience. And that's really the key is we talk a lot about price segmentation. And this story is all about price segmentation. I don't need to sell this room to everybody who comes to Disney. Mm -hmm. I only want to sell this room to a few people. And that makes a huge difference. I'm going to assume those rooms are much, much more profitable than a normal room in one of their other hotels. But it's still pretty fascinating. 
Well, and that's interesting because one of the articles we read in our homework ahead of time uh, was talking of sort of poo-pooing their lower attendance rates. Like, oh, there's still rooms available in the second half of the year. You're like, oh, right. And then you're like, oh, but to your point, that's they, they're, they're not going for how do I maximize it? The necessarily the, the, the attendance all the time, right? But how do I, how do I attract this particular segment and create an, a, a place that they would value that the margins, as you said, have got to be huge, right? It doesn't actually cost me more to hire someone wearing a Chewbacca suit as it would necessarily to have some wearing your standard <laughs> hotel uniform. But the margins there are huge and the exclusivity then is, is part of the appeal. So let me offer a really weird opinion. I think it's underpriced. Ooh, tell me more. If all they're trying to do is to get 100 people every two days, and there are millions of people who would want to go, then I think most of the people who are paying, let's call it $6,000 for the experience. I think most of the people who are paying $6,000 for the experience probably would have paid 10. Hmm. Because they really are going after an exclusive marketplace. That's interesting. So it's it's not a should I stay here or at the Dolphin or the Atlantis, whatever the heck they call it over there. It's it's that that's not it. It's not which hotel I would stay at. This is the reason I would come. Yeah. So if you're a huge Star Wars aficionado, you have uh, a little bit of extra money because you happen to be you happen to watch the original Star Wars in the theater when it first came out, which means you're my age. Right. Uh, let's just remember that's still young because I did see that in the theaters. Oh. I was facing the other way, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> I was young. But by now, if I was a huge Star Wars aficionado, I could certainly afford to go do that. I would say, wow, that's a that's an amazing experience. How much would I spend to go do that? And and 6K is nothing, right? If it, if it was that important to me, if it was that unique of an experience. I could easily see paying more than that. It's interesting too, because the price packages they talk about were three adults and one kid. And I thought, well, that's kind of a strange collection, right? Like that's not your standard nuclear unit. But then to your point, we're skewing older, right? Oh, I hate that, that I'm in that older group, right? Where many people have kids who are quote unquote now adults that would do this as well. Or, and also, you know, maybe it's college buddies or whatever, former college, much older now. So, so when you and your family go, can I be the third adult? <laughs> third adult, the random adult, yes. <laughs> and we brought Mark, uh, just so he could study the pricing structure of it. <laughs> so I thought that was pretty, pretty interesting. I, I think raising the prices is, is a no-brainer. It's actually interesting. I've been thinking about pricing new products lately. And how do you think about pricing new products? There isn't a problem with coming out at a relatively low price now and seeing if they could build some momentum, build some word of mouth, get a lot of people talking about it, and then raise the price over time. Because again, they don't need to get a ton of people. They don't have to fill that up. Uh, it's not a huge, huge percentage of their visitors. So they should be able to raise prices on that product over time. So I'm not saying that their pricing is wrong, but I will say that there's room to grow there. On the other hand, I think the park itself may be at risk if they try raising prices. Um, just because of all the things that are going on, the competition. But like the article said, they're still selling out no matter what's going on. There's still more demand than supply. So they have room to raise prices too. We'll just have to see what happens with that one. Well, and and it's interesting too, because they even the language they use, they treat it more like their cruise line, which I have done, right? And more of an all-inclusive experience 
kind of thing. Like they are separating that in, I think, people's mind as well. That this is not a more expensive hotel. This is an all-inclusive experience that if you really immerse yourself is the full day entertainment activity and all of that for the two days. So again, separating that from the theme park and, and allowing those different pricing structures. It's a again, a smart way of saying this is not more for the same. This is a very different thing. Yeah, what's the price compared to the uh, cruise? So I, I have been on the cruise more than once. It is more expensive than the, the cruise is fantastic. I will tell you 100%. Super worth it for us when we had the option. Really great if you have multi-generational attendees. I cannot speak high enough of this versus other crews, like night and day. Uh, it is significantly more than other cruises though, right? So like a, a five-day or seven-day cruise, I don't, it, was, it was many years ago. It was a lot more than regular cruises, but it would be, I want to say it was nine, but it nine was 9K days, for a five-day five cruise. Days. I could be wrong though. So, so, <laughs> so where my husband's really like, that's not what we did. Oh, so, so that's actually more expensive than a night here at Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser. Well, so it is all inclusive. So we got all the food. This gets like some of the food. Maybe, maybe, maybe I didn't think about it that way. And again, that's probably one of the reasons they're using that Star Cruiser language is to try to get you to think of it as more that experience plus, but hmm. So, so there's another great example where uh, one of the things we teach about in class is we often have the ability to get people to compare us to something else. Mm -hmm. I think they almost always compare us to something else when they say, are we expensive or not expensive? So when I look at 1200 bucks a night, I say, that's ridiculous for a hotel room. Who would spend 1200 bucks a night on a hotel room? But if I look at 1200 bucks a night and say, oh, that's like being on a cruise ship because it's an all encompassing experience oh that's much less expensive than it would cost me to be on a cruise ship maybe i don't know what it costs yeah yeah you have to have friends to go on a cruise ships i hear yes again well although you know there were some there were some single like, <laughs> although you're not single either yeah no you you no not for you uh <laughs> but you know it's interesting too like again the language they call it the galactic star cruiser and they talk about it going on the cruise and some of that is to your to your point, getting you to think differently about what the competition is. Of course, the difference here is it's like twelve hundred dollars a night per person for the the hotel, for the cruiser. Sorry, for the Galactic Star Cruiser. The Galactic it's, Star Cruiser. Yes. But but your nine K was per person for the. No, it was for everybody. Oh, was it? Okay. Yeah. Okay, so the yes. Star Cruiser might be more expensive. I think if you broke it down, it would be. Hmm. But I don't. I, again, it's bad. I don't. Well, and I think. No, I was just excited. I think the Star Cruiser idea is pretty interesting. One of the things that, as you read the articles about it, it says you have to play, right? You have to get engaged and actually play your role and be your part. So I, you know, once again, it's probably like one of those murder mystery dinner things mm -hmm. that um, that uh, I don't know anything about, but I'll talk about it like I do. Um, <laughs> but I could see getting fully engaged and having this experience, which is very different than anything else I can imagine that you could go buy or sign up for today. No, Maybe. and you're right. When you, it, it's, it's all, it's like, it's, it's full-time cosplay for 48 hours, where if, if you're the person who would enjoy that Star Wars world and being really in it for 48 hours, then to your point, there is nothing else like it. Uh, and if you're looking for a place to sleep, this is not the place for you. <laughs>
<laughs> Leave me right? alone. I don't want to do that. Right? Like if you're not, it's like that doesn't sound fun. Are you like Star Wars, Star Trek? Eh, what's the difference? Like if you don't like have a real perspective on that, this is not the place for you. Yeah. Okay. So what's another pricing lesson we get out of this? This is absolutely a will I decision. Hmm. I doubt people are saying, am I going to go stay at the Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser or at the Dolphin Hotel or whatever the hotels are that you can stay at Disney, right? You are going for this event. You are not using this as the hotel because you're doing a Disney trip. Yeah. You know, it's interesting because the, the price includes a day park pass, but not for Disney World for their Hollywood Studios tour, right? Again, this is not, should I do Disney World or this? This is a different entirety experience. Yeah, and I wonder if you dress up in costume when you go to the park. Oh, I don't know. I've never been to Hollywood Studios Park, so I don't know anything about that. Hmm. Very interesting. Okay, so we were, uh, we were prompted to talk about the fact that Disney is raising prices. And, and I'm not sure that they are on the theme park. They were talking about raising prices pretty dramatically on their, on their fast pass. Mm -hmm. They said there were sometimes that 50% of people were using the fast pass. Is that what you read? I mean, it was. Yes. And it's a huge amount, but that's also because like, yeah, Disney world to something too is like, it's a huge experience. It's a huge investment to go. Even if you don't stay here, the cost for a week at the park is really pricey. And I think there's a certain amount of, if I'm going to go in, I'm going to go all in and do the fast pass. So we get the most out of it. And so that is, that means 50% of the attendees are paying more for the fast pass. Now, I didn't see how much the fast pass costs. Did you, did, do you know? I do not know. Okay. But that could be 20%, 50% more. I don't know how much they're charging for it, but that's a way to get half the population. There's an option for you. We'll talk about pricing terms, right? We throw an option in there that says, would you like this? And some people buy it and some people don't. It's $15 per day. Per person. 15? Mm -hmm. That's not much considering no. it's what, 100 bucks a day to get in? I, I think it's more than that. Yeah. Why wouldn't you spend 15 bucks? Right. Like you're like, why wouldn't I do that? <laughs> That's what it's going to cost me for a hamburger at one of their food stands. Right. You know, again, you have a big family that adds up. And again, this, this is one of the reasons it's not accessible for everybody. Right. But for those who are going, the extra $15 so you spend less time in lines makes sense. And, and if you're them, I wonder if they won't whether they'll create, if they'll just raise the price or if they'll also add another tier, right? Yeah. So, you know, there's 15 that get you fast for this one and this that gives you that or something. Yeah. There's the super fast pass. Super, super faster. The fastest pass. Instead <laughs> of good, better, fast. It's fast, faster, fastest. Yes. Well, that's what they are. Fast, faster, and fastest. Nice. Nice. Mm -hmm. nice them. Done. You're welcome, Disney. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so I, I wanted to bring Netflix back into the story today, if that's okay. Absolutely. Uh, mostly because I rarely make predictions that come true. And this one came true, and I was like, oh, I'm bringing this in today. <laughs> like, ha ha, I shall prove I'm right. <laughs> but I had said when, Net, when Netflix did their price increase, it was very possible that they were going to lose business because of it. And the reason I said that was because, first off, there's now a lot of competition for Netflix where there didn't used to be a lot of competition for Netflix. And every time a subscription company raises prices, they cause all their customers to rethink their decision. So if I raise my price on you for anything, I don't care what it is, and it's a subscription, you're going to take at least a few seconds and say, 
oh, am I still watching Netflix? Oh, am I still going to the gym? Oh, am I, or whatever it is, we take a few seconds to, to remake the decision. And I can picture the fact that Netflix just raised their prices again is one of the main factors that drove the recent announcement that they lost 200,000 subscribers. Oh, wow. It's, it's huge. And they expect to lose many more next quarter. So their stock price went down 25% or something like that. Um, absolutely huge. You, you, could, you could absolutely say that it's because COVID is relaxing and people are getting out of the house more and so they don't want Netflix as much. But I would tend to believe it's more because of the price increase and the fact that there's so many competitive alternatives today. And, and so you, you make me rethink it and it's like, okay, so some people re rethought it and said, no, I don't watch Netflix as much as I watch Hulu or HBO Max or whatever the heck I'm watching. So I thought that was pretty fascinating. Now, I, oh, go ahead. No, I was gonna just, I was, I was gonna take us on a tangent and talk about, so we always talk about when you raise prices, how many people would you have to lower to actually make less money? Lose, make, look, mess, right? So there's one part of the equation and it tends to be like, oh, you lose quite a bit. But your stock price comment made me think that, is that what matters most as your organization? Uh, obviously stock, you know, and, and the market wants high revenue, but for a lot of it, they also take valuation in the size of your membership. And so that pro and con can have other implications. So I was going to take that left turn right there. No, that's okay. Let's take the step. Uh, a, lot of, um, a lot of stock price is dependent upon projected growth of the company. And so Netflix has always been growing. The stock price prior to this announcement was Netflix is going to keep growing. Well, as soon as Netflix stops growing, just yeah. if they went level, that would cost the stock price a lot. The fact that they lost subscribers, it hit them really hard. Yeah. Okay, so now I want to tie this back to Disney. Okay, yes. <laughs> Not Disney Plus, but just Disney in, in particular. And that is, we often think, should Disney raise prices? Can, get, can Disney get away with raising prices? And everything that we read, all evidence is that, yeah, they can get away with it because there's still so much demand, right? There's so many people that are coming to the parks and you know, they're filling it up as much as they possibly want or can. Uh, and, and what I wonder, and I'm not making a prediction because you know it probably won't come true if I do, but what I wonder is if this new political uh, problem they found themselves in if that actually hurts demand and it makes it so they can't raise prices or, or maybe they'll even come down and lower prices. So it'll be interesting just to watch this. It's just what the you, circumstance. What, what, when, you, when you talk about the political problem, what are you referring to? Oh, I think um, the fact that the, Dis, the new Disney CEO has come out and said, um, we're against Florida's new parental rights for education bill, ah. uh, which is also known as the don't say gay bill. And so they essentially, by the way, companies stopped doing this, would you? They essentially said, we want to serve half the country and not the other half of the country. So what happens when you tell half the country you don't like them anymore? Do they stop coming to your theme park? And, and so I just wonder if the shock to the environment that they find themselves in, we're going to be able to watch what happens to their pricing power. That's interesting. And that, that's super interesting. The other thing you wonder is if, if a company goes down certain political ways are they signaling then a are they trying to signal a different kind of company than a just profit focused optimized revenue of course i raise prices it's capitalism right like right but you know what i mean like can you play both of those 
roles and voices, um, which is, I think, to your point, why you said don't play this game because there are so many implications and there's so much that you get. But also, like we've seen really successful companies that stand very firmly in front of one of those camps, right? And they always have. They, they That's how they grew, right? I think the difficulty is when you haven't been that way and you try to step in, you just need to be very aware of all the different levers that that may pull. Yeah, it's just, you know, it's like anything. This is market segmentation. And if you're going to serve one market over another, you're going to win one market and lose another. So that's okay. It's a decision. But I don't mm -hmm. know that people think through that very carefully. Yeah. One of my favorite comments, uh, I, I think it's an actual quote, but Michael Jordan would say, uh, Republicans buy tennis shoes too. <laughs> yeah. My link back to Disney isn't judging any of that, although I, I wish they wouldn't be into politics because it, it's going to hurt their business, I think. But my, my, my comment with Disney and tying it back to Netflix is the environment is changing, right? Or the environment they find themselves may be changing, which says their demand may be going down, which takes away from their pricing power. And, and we, we may see that in, in their ability to raise prices here in the very near future. Yeah. No, and as the, the yeah, and, and I would just say, because we do, we maybe are on different sides of the political spectrum, which is good, that's okay. Right, but it's okay to have a company, and it, and it can be a great thing for a company to play a stand on something that they're really passionate about. Uh, and and I, but I, I do think it's important for just to go in aware of the implications and not be naive, so that you can weather those, and you don't have to go back and forth and be like, we care, we don't care, because that was too scary. Like we just have to be very aware of of what that might mean. So can I say I love Ben and Jerry's ice cream, and I love Chick Fil A chicken. Just, just point that out. Okay? There you go. There's, there's a meal you don't often, often have together, is it? <laughs> now, if Chick-fil-A would sell Ben and Jerry's, now. <laughs> I'm going to go with no, they won't. Okay. <laughs> Any more than we will find a Chick-fil-A Ben and Jerry's ice cream. <laughs> All right. So lots of lessons. Can you sum them up again for me? Oh, gosh, could I? Uh, we I talked about the fact that the Disney Star Cruiser was a Will I product. Mm -hmm. uh, we talked about price segmentation in that they're not pricing to win everybody. And in fact, you might argue, eh, I don't think I would. I was going to say in a good, better, best world, this would fit in the best category, but it really isn't. What this is, is a unique product targeting a specific market segment with a very high willingness to pay. And, and I think that makes a ton of sense. They don't, they don't have to go attract a, a ton of people. Uh, let's see. What else did we talk about? We talked about. I think it's a, it's a, a subset of that, but I do think the biggest win they can have is for it to not be called a hotel. Oh, yes. Yes. So right. What are we really changing the conversation about what it is, who it's for, and who the competitors are, I think is is probably the thing they should focus on most. Uh, right. Because it, then it really does change the, the pros and cons of that. Yeah. So I, I think maybe they are. But I think instead of selling a hotel room, they have to be selling an experience. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah, I think that's spot on. Then let's see what else we talked about. We talked about our ability to raise prices, lower prices has a lot to do with the situation we find ourselves in, right? So what's going on in the environment? Uh, what's, is demand growing or not growing in our world? Uh, so we'll see those pretty, pretty quickly. Anything else that I've missed? What did I forget? No, I think those are the big ones. And again, good lessons, even if you don't own one of the <laughs> largest multimedia companies in the world, those are, but those are important lessons. And I always think it's really interesting to see them done at all different kinds of scale. Yeah. And 
I don't know if other people think this way or not. Maybe, maybe it's a good, good way to think. But what I often do is look at these situations and I just try to say, how do these fit with the frameworks that I use? How do these fit inside all these different thought processes? And sometimes I find something that just doesn't fit. And then I have to create a new framework. Mm. It's like, oh, that's, that's this. And, and so it's pretty fascinating. When I first started studying subscriptions, I went through that world where, oh, this is just different. Yeah. And, uh, and so then you have to create your, a, whole, a whole new set of frameworks that you're going to start using. You all can't see this. The cat has just come in and is just, she's all about this pricing conversation. She, she is excited. I got to tell you. <laughs> oh, all right. Okay. Mark, it is always fun to talk pricing with you. Thank you very, very much for joining us. You're very welcome. I always enjoy these. I hope I do not have to wait until the next time that pricing is the box of the month for you to come back on. It actually surprises me. It's not the box of the month every month, but okay. It's like brought to you by the box. All right. Thank you, Mark. Thanks, Rebecca. All right. That does it for today's episode, everyone. Thank you for listening. And don't forget to join us next week when we tackle another great topic designed to help you elevate your company, your product, and your career. <laughs>